Hey guys, it's Mac and you're listening to the In My Feels podcast series. We are so excited you're here. If you're looking to get even more out of this series, be sure to grab the In My Feels Bible study book available at both forthegirl.com and lifeway.com slash in my feels. This study is what this podcast series is all about. In this study, you'll be able to dig into scripture to understand the heart of God in each and every one of these eight core feelings and even begin to implement these things into your everyday spiritual journeys. Trust me, you are not going to want to miss this Bible study. So grab a copy and let's get into the episode. Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to session two of our In My Feels podcast series. Today, we are back digging into another feeling. And today, we are talking all about loneliness. And is this not such a real feeling for so many of us? Mm -hmm. So if you have been walking through a season of loneliness, or even if you're not right now, but you know how prone you are to loneliness, well, then we're super excited to dig more into this feeling and talk about the invitation that Jesus offers us in the midst of it. But before we do that, we got to kick off with our fun little group go around warm-up question. So if you're following along with us in the In My Feels Bible study, then you know that we have some fun questions to kick off each of our group times together. And so Ken's and I are doing it together. So Ken's, mm-hmm. are you ready for this? I am ready. Hit me with it. Okay. So this week we are going to start off by sharing one of our most cringy new friend experiences because we've all had at least Mm. one super awkward new friend date so Ken's let's hear yours (laughs) this is on topic as are the most of them so that's great okay mine is kind of confusing but just stick with me for a second okay okay so at the beginning of doing delay which you guys know it's the college ministry started or whatever so we used to like set up a bunch of phone calls through with all the leaders to catch up every single month to hear like how their chapter is going and how we can help and we would do it through like a calendly link if you've used those before so i reached out to this girl emily from pepperdine every month and i would text her i'd be like hey emily I would love to catch up about all the things. You could schedule it through this link. And this girl, so I had two Emilys from Pepperdine in my phone. It was like one that was spelled okay. I-E and then one with a Y, Pepperdine. Okay. So it's like Emily Pepperdine in my phone. Every time I would text the other Emily, who was just not a leader. She was just a girl that went to Pepperdine that was named yeah. Emily. So once a month, this girl, (laughs) you would think that she would actually like not probably schedule a call. She'd probably be like, okay, that's weird. Ken's, why are you like asking to catch up through a Calendly link? But this girl (laughs) would schedule a call. And this didn't happen one month. This happened multiple months in a row, like six months in a row. So I talked to Emily Pepperdine 
not the leader, just this girl that was like kind of a friend for so many months in a row. I mean, that girl probably thought I was like the most like persistent friend, long distant friend there. Also dead that you are like, hey, love to catch up. Here's my Calendly link. Like (laughs) schedule a call with me. Maybe that's a new friend tactic. (laughs) We all just send people our Calendly link. I just, every time it would come on my calendar, I would be like, oh, cool. I got to call Emily. It'd pop up and then I'd like go to my phone and then it would click and I'd be like oh oh it happened again yeah (laughs) but you had to pull through so I didn't just like cancel I always pulled through so anyways long story short though she ended up moving to Nashville and obviously we had to hang as I had pursued her for months (laughs) in a row so I'm pretty sure we hung like Uh, one time but we had like such different interests she's like for sure a creative musician and I have few musician friends in my life, not because I don't like them. I love them. It's just, you know, different places. Yeah. And seasons. yeah so absolutely. we're no longer really friends. But Emily, shout That's out to hilarious. Emily. I don't know if she listens. Probably not. Well, actually, she <laughs> probably does, knowing how persistent she was with the Calendly link. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Emily, we're so happy oh you're here. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Okay, that's a good one. Mine is, I'll try to be super quick, but I was in, when I was in college, I really liked this one guy. I had a crush on this one boy and I thought he was super cute. All the things like, you know, tried to talk to him, all the stuff. And then I wind up meeting this new girl who I think is so cool. I'm so excited to be her friend. She's awesome and amazing. All this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I remember one time we were hanging out with a group of people and somehow my crush on this boy came up and all my friends were like talking about it or whatever. And then she's like, oh yeah, he's awesome. And then she basically proceeds to tell us that they're like, oh, I saw that coming. (laughs) Did you take like the, okay, I'll let you have it road? No, I was really like, well, this is embarrassing for me because (laughs) I totally was trying to get his attention. (laughs) Oh no. So that was... That was really embarrassing, but we did go on to be really good friends. Oh, so you were it all worked it. out. Good. Yes. I feel it like it worked out well. That's just so real. There's probably so many girls' stories as they're doing yeah. these small groups that have to do with like yes. dating boys and liking the same boy. It's yes. just real. And she and the boy did not end up working out long term. And obviously, I never was into the boy again. And so it was no funny how our that. friendship redeemed it all. We lasted longer. So. Yes. Good. That was not one, oh though. my gosh. Phew. <laughs> oh, but man, yeah, I love that the topic of awkward friend stories because I think especially for for women in college, you're in this huge transitional season and and you're trying to figure out who am I going to be friends with? Who's going to be my community? And oftentimes that can come with feelings of loneliness. But What's crazy to me about loneliness is loneliness doesn't just happen when you don't have friends. Loneliness can happen in everyday, ordinary moments too. Like, Ken, I don't know about you, but have you ever just been in a crowded room full of people, you're chatting, you're laughing, you're having a great time on the outsides, but literally in your heart, you feel utterly and completely alone. And I was just trying to think back on, on moments of my life when I felt lonely because there have been so many and just like a few of them. I remember when I moved to a new town in high school, the classic walking into the cafeteria and having no one to sit with and being so afraid and feeling 
so alone sitting down by tray next to a random group of girls being like, can I sit here? <laughs> I dreaded school lunch when I had just first moved to this new city. I remember when I first moved to college in my first two months of college, every Friday night, I dreaded Friday nights because I wouldn't have plans. And I would like sit in my dorm room, my lofted bed, and I would watch Netflix in my bed. And I would just wonder if I was ever going to make real friends, like friends that I genuinely wanted to hang out with. I remember my junior year of college when all of my friends that I, I loved and adored, they kind of started just to make some different decisions that I wasn't making, decisions to, to party and to go out on the weekends. And I just remember feeling so alone. Like, am I the only one who's trying to live a different way, who's trying to honor Jesus with my decisions? I remember feeling lonely my first year post-college when I had a ton of friends, a million friends, including Yukins, mm -hmm. but I was really struggling just mentally with some changes that were happening in my life. And I wasn't letting my friends in on the depths of what I was going through. And then also, even this is funny, Ken, too, but like, I remember at your engagement party mm -hmm. <laughs> feeling so alone because I was single and everybody around me was getting married or in a relationship. And I felt like I was just the only one stuck in my own season of singleness. And I think the truth is that we all feel lonely in some shape or form. It doesn't matter how many friends we have. It doesn't matter how many people that are in our lives who love us and pursue us. There are just moments where loneliness sink in. You know, some of us, we can't seem to find our people, that group that we can always count on to show up for us and we need them. Some of us are, are longing for a relationship, a, a boyfriend, a husband. So we feel lonely in that area. Some of us feel lonely because we just feel maybe misunderstood or overlooked or like we don't fit in. And so that's what's crazy to me about loneliness is it can be fixed with like a certain number of friends or a boyfriend or mm -hmm. like being the cool girl. Like I think we all fall susceptible to loneliness. And it's just such a real feeling in all of our lives. Oh my gosh. Yes. I feel like I've had just such a, a very real and probably pretty interesting relationship with the feeling of loneliness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Matt can tell you literally into this day, I every once in a while will count my friends to, I guess, make sure I have enough. I'll count them on my fingers. <laughs> I know it sounds so funny, but it honestly just comes out of a place of like genuine longing to mm. be known and to be loved by people around yeah. me. And I'm such a people person. I'm a total extrovert. And so it's really uncomfortable for me to not have people or plans or to feel known. And honestly, a lot of my life I've coped with it through like just making a million plans, going to yeah. coffee dates and more coffee dates and dinner and night plans, like early morning to late night. But then it felt like for so many years of my life, I've had a lot of friends, but a lot of friends without any depth and mm. I think that's just how I've coped with it and how I've yeah. filled the void of loneliness in my life. And so as we dug into this feeling and saw how it can turn sour and the invitation, I was definitely convicted and compelled yeah. to not just fill the void with people, but to fill the void with people and a God that really knows me and where I can feel loved. But oh my gosh, I like feel I experience this and wrestle with loneliness all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's so true, Kansas. I love that if we go to scripture, in the very beginning, we see loneliness 
there almost. So hang with me here. But if you go to, to Genesis, we have Genesis 2. It's just God and Adam. And they're like broing out, you know, <laughs> they're there in the garden, naming animals, they're walking in the trees, like they're just having a, I mean, can you imagine just waking up and hanging out with God every single day? Awesome. Amazing. <laughs> I would be loving my life. It'd be awesome yeah. and amazing. But there's this really interesting verse. It's Genesis 2:18, And it said, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And that is when... Eve enters a story. And I love this because I just think it screams. It just says to us that we were designed for relationship. Adam wasn't meant to be alone. He was created for an intimate relationship with God, his creator. But the fullness of God's plan for Adam wouldn't be complete until he was in relationship with other people. And that's why he created Eve. It was through the power of relationship that God's plan for humanity would be put on display. And and I just, I love that because sometimes I think I get it in my head that like, it's okay. It can just be me and God and that's it. And, and I almost use that as a defense mechanism to protect my heart. But I love that, that God said, no, you were created for relationship, relationship with your creator and with your fellow creations. It's through community that we actually get to see the full, beautiful picture of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We see God's plan for creation put on display. And I just think it's super cool that in our loneliness, that there is something more. Like there's something in our loneliness that we're supposed to do with it. They're supposed to lead us somewhere. And I think that's why loneliness feels so real and why it feels so heavy in our lives is because we were created for relationship. We were created to run towards relationship. Loneliness, therefore, was always meant to be a signpost when we feel lonely, pointing us somewhere. And loneliness is actually the very thing that can point us towards relationship, relationship with our God and relationship with people. And I think we're going to see that play out more through the rest of this podcast episode. But there is a very real sour side to loneliness. And this is something that we are all pretty familiar with if we got pretty honest with ourselves. And that sour side is apathy. <laughs> yes. And is this not so real, Ken? Oh my. Because Oftentimes, rather than letting loneliness be the thing that moves us towards relationships with God and the people around us, mm -hmm. we actually let it repel us away from people and we hide apathy. We try to act like, I just don't care, but it is a total defense mechanism. It's just such a defense mechanism that looks like turning off your hearts towards emotion altogether. It's when you neither like or dislike things, you love or hate things. You simply feel nothing. And when you feel nothing, you want to do nothing. And you find yourself saying things like, eh, it's whatever, or who cares, or, or so what. And I think sometimes apathy seems harmless at first because it's just like, at least you're not, you know, doing things that are super harmful to yourself. But I actually believe that it's one of the most dangerous emotions for us to dwell in yeah. because you see, when you enter into a state of apathy, you actually kind of 
bulletproof your heart. And you do it in order to make sure that nothing harmful ever gets in, that you're not feeling the weight of that loneliness day in and day out. And sure, you might block out the tears, the pain, and the loneliness, but a byproduct is that you also block out the joy and the laughter and the ecstasy and the beauty of life lived to the fullness with God and community. And I know for me, some of my best moments in life were surrounded by my community and apathy can be the very thing that cuts out that joy. And the bummer of kind of spiraling into this sour side of apathy is that it only leaves us feeling even lonelier because nothing in us is fighting for relationships or moving towards relationships. Instead, we're just in our Netflix cave eating Ben and Jerry's ice cream and doing nothing on the weekends and not pursuing relationships, which relationships ultimately with people and with God are the cure to loneliness. And so apathy, oh my goodness, such a real sour side. Yeah, real. I think this one more than a lot of them are hard. It's hard to admit, and it may yeah. be even hard to recognize. So yeah. hopefully, as you listen to that, maybe you even need to rewind it. You start to just be honest with yourself. You're like, "Whoa, I have been responding this way, or I have been acting this way," because you're right, Mac. I do think it's we want to address it. We want to dive into the invitation because that's where joy is found and where life is found. And we weren't supposed to ever, ever stay in our loneliness. And so I'm excited to give you all this invitation and (laughs) it's about time. (laughs) I know. Okay. What do I do with this loneliness? Well, first of all, we can All right, For The Girl fam, I am so excited to tell you all about one of my new favorite online boutiques, and that is Clothed in Love. Clothed in Love is a modern Christian apparel company that began in 2015. The founder, Joanna Jones, just like so many of us, had always struggled with earning God's love and approval, and it wasn't until she had a true encounter with the Father's love that she had breakthrough and the realization that His love was tangible, a safe place, and that God wanted to do everyday life with her. And that moment is why Clothed in Love started, because God's word is life-changing. It's powerful and effective, and what better way to spread the gospel than by wearing it daily. I love that so much. Their name is based on Colossians 3.14, which says, Wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. And I got to say, I just checked out their site and they have so many cute pieces for the fall. I'm personally eyeing the fearfully and wonderfully made sweatshirt and jogger set because your girl loves a matching set. They would both be cute on their own, but together, so, so cute. You have to check out their site and see their entire fall collection for yourself. We actually have a code for you to get 15% off. It's all caps. FTG, as in for the girl, FTG fam, as in family, 15, FTG fam, 15, all caps for 15% off your first order. So head to clothedinloveboutique.com to start shopping and to grab some super cute pieces for this fall. We can look to Jesus like we talked about last week. 
we aren't alone in these feelings. Jesus experienced them too. And when I think about loneliness, I think about the moment when Jesus was getting ready to die on the cross. And oh, gosh, I can't imagine how lonely he he must have felt in this moment, like the weeks leading up to it. When no one really knew what was going to happen, he probably had so many nerves, so many fears, so much sorrow of what he was leaving behind and pain. And I could imagine that in this moment, all he wanted was a friend and somebody to to mourn with and to be with and to share this experience with. And yeah, he definitely in this moment could have turned indifferent. I could see it right now. He could have just did the thing on his own. He could have been passive about it with everybody around him, not told anybody, pretended he was fine. But what we do read in scripture, I look at Matthew 26, it says that he did quite the opposite. He actually called three of his closest friends to be a part of this experience with him and to carry the weight with him. He knew that asking people to be with him wasn't actually a sign of weakness, but of strength. And that when he openly and honestly shared how he was feeling, he could grow in deeper intimacy with them and that he didn't have to carry this grief on his own. And then finally, he went to God in this despair too. And in this feeling, I mean, we see this so clearly. He actually, (laughs) scripture says that he literally fell down on his face (laughs) He just smacked his face right on the hand. He was just so desperate for God to show up in this moment. And he cried out to him. And this was his prayer. He said, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as your will be done. He's like, okay, yo, I really, I honestly really don't want to do this. If there's a chance I don't have to, please let me know. But if it's your way, I'm here for it. And I love this prayer. It's always opened my eyes up to the depth of relationship that Jesus had with his father. He was really able to be honest with him. There wasn't this relationship where he was like, I'll just do what you tell me to do. Or thank you for putting me this calling in my life. I'll fulfill everything you say. Like he was authentic. He was open. And he stepped into this invitation. Here's the invitation that God offers us in our loneliest moments and in our hardest days. And that is this keyword intimacy. (laughs) And this one, it's hard. It's definitely hard. And like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, creating intimacy and friendship has been like super hard for me. It's far easier for me to stay in this like catching up phase to have once a month hangs, a lot of quick friends, and no one that like really, really knows me. And I think the same can be true with our relationship with Jesus. We close ourselves off to him and we, let, we just sulk in our own feelings. We tell him some things, but not all of the things. And we grow really indifferent in our relationship with even Jesus. But I really do believe that we're missing out on a whole bunch of goodness that's found in Jesus. And we're missing out on a friendship that's available right in front of us. If you've been feeling lonely, you are. I know it might be hard to make friends in the real world. That is kind of hard, but you have a friend right in front of you, and his name is Jesus. And I know it sounds cheesy that there's no better friend than Jesus, but it's really, really true. We were made for this kind of friendship, a closeness, a warmth, a faithfulness, a kindness, a tenderness. We have that in him. 
But we've got to be willing to open up to him and to stop putting on a show or pretending you're fine or filling the void with random to-dos or surface-level conversations. I think you find true intimacy with Jesus when you really open up to him, when you let him into those cracks and crevices of your heart, when you're honest to him and just spill all the beans. (laughs) It's really through this newfound friendship that he's going to speak new life identity over you. He really will take care of you and he'll protect you and he'll love you and no one else is there for you. And not only that, but he's just going to be a forever best friend. He's never going away. He's there for you whenever you need him. But gosh, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to step into some deeper intimacy. I want that not only in my friendships around me, but most importantly, I want that and I have access to that in Jesus. Yes. Yeah. I love this idea that when we feel lonely, And like we talked about earlier, we can't escape the feelings of loneliness. It's almost a call from Jesus to to step into intimacy with him. And I love how people say intimacy is into me, you see. And Mm -hmm. it's literally bearing your heart before the Lord. It's saying like, God, (laughs) this is the depths of who I am. And this is the depths of what I'm struggling with and what I'm longing for. And letting God cover that, letting him Fill those most intimate, scary places of your heart. And what I love about intimacy with the Lord is like that type of intimacy that comes out of loneliness is actually the thing that I think then compels us back into relationships. Mm -hmm. Because I think when we get close to the Lord, he says, hey, you don't have to do this alone. You're doing it with me. And let me lead you to the people who can be my hands and feet in your world. And let me lead you to people that you can actually and call out of loneliness as well. And I think that that's just such a beautiful thing. It's almost like they go hand in hand. When we get more intimate with the Father, He leads us into more intimate community around us. I've seen that in my life so many times. Like when when I was in college and, and we started this Bible study called Delight, I remember just my relationship with God, my intimacy with Him just skyrocketed. I was so hungry for more of Him. I was so hungry to be with Him all the time. and the natural byproduct of that was that the people around me, I couldn't help but saying, hey, will you see into me as well? Will you call me higher? Will you hold me accountable to these things? I got to be vulnerable with them. I got to be real with them. And my intimacy and my community strengthened and deepened right alongside of that. And I love that as we grow in intimacy with the Lord, it grows the intimacy with our communities around us. It leads us towards those friendships that are going to really matter and stay with us. And I think that's cool that just just like in Genesis, when God says, hey, it's not good for man to be alone, that when we grow in our intimacy with him, he, he helps us in our intimacy with the people around us. And I just think that's such a beautiful picture of of the invitation that Jesus offers us when we feel lonely. So the next time you feel lonely... Take a moment, be sad, be all the things, but then look for the intimacy that Jesus might be calling you into. And I'm so excited that we get to hear from our feelings expert, Donna. Donna is going to share some more practical ways to step into or live into this invitation of intimacy from Jesus. So take it away, Donna. Hey guys, Donna here, continuing to talk about lonely. None of us like to feel lonely, but loneliness is that reminder that we are built for intimacy. Intimacy with ourselves, with God, with other people. 
When you notice that ache of loneliness, where do you feel it in your body? Is it in your heart? Is it an ache in your chest? Notice it. Then ask yourself, what kind of connection do I need right now? Do I need alone time? Have you been around people so much lately that you feel overwhelmed and you just don't want to talk to anyone right now? That's okay. You're just noticing that you're lonely for yourself. What do you like to do alone that recharges you? Take a walk, lay in your bed, listen to music, clean your room or your house, spend time journaling. All of these things are great ways to reconnect with yourself. Or maybe it's the opposite of that. Maybe you have been alone so much lately and you need to reconnect with a friend or group of friends. Did you know that sometimes we can be lonely for a certain person or a certain group of people? Are you lonely for a childhood friend, someone who knows your life story? We have some friends that we are serious with and some that we're goofy with. So when you're lonely, who are you really lonely for? If you're lonely for friends, how do you reach out? I have asked clients before, when is the last time you invited someone to do something? I have actually heard people say, I never invite people because what if they already have plans? If they have plans, they will tell you, and then you can make a plan for another time. It is a risk to ask someone to do something, but the result is hopefully the connection you're longing for. And while we're talking about loneliness, I want to say you need face-to-face connection with people. You need hugs and touch and affection. We are made for it. We never outgrow it. Physical touch has real mental and emotional health benefits. It isn't enough to text back and forth with somebody. We lose so much of our communication and connection when we rely on texting and social media to be in contact with people. But back to lonely. And then sometimes we're lonely for intimacy with God. Life gets busy, and we aren't always able to have daily times alone with the Lord. Personally, I eventually experience an ache in my spirit to just be with the Creator. His Spirit pouring into my spirit changes me and fills me up in a way that no one else can. What makes you feel most connected to God? Quiet time alone praying, reading your Bible, walking in nature, worshiping with a group of people. Maybe you enjoy all of these things, but at separate times. Spending time with God, however you do it, will fill you up and soothe your loneliness in only the way your Creator can. It is important to maintain some sort of balance in these types of connection. If you notice never wanting to be with people, you can ask yourself, what happened? Why did I stop spending time with people or that group of people? A lot of times, apathy can be traced back to a time when someone or a group of people hurt you. It's pretty easy to give up on people and relationships after being hurt. But the good news is, we are also healed in relationship. When you notice apathy in yourself, it takes real courage and real risk to find safe intimacy again. It is possible, and it is worth it. One way we see this easily is when a relationship with a boyfriend has ended. Breakups really hurt. 
and it's good to take time to recover from those. But eventually, allowing yourself to date again will also help you find intimacy that hopefully leads to a better long-term relationship. Who do you know that has gone through a hard breakup and then found love again? I bet you know a lot of people who have gone through that. So if you find yourself in apathy, consider reaching out to a friend that has gone through this already. Or find someone who has had hard seasons in friendship and maybe had to find new friends. Even that act of reaching out to hear someone else's story is an act that helps you move from apathy to intimacy. Wow, we have loved getting in our feels with you guys. I hope you've loved it too. Continue following along throughout the week because we are posting on Instagram and on TikTok. You'll get a little inside scoop of our lives and so much more. We'll see you next week. I hope you have a great rest of your week.